Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Rumor Show. And today we actually have another special guest. We've been like having a killer lineup and it just gets even better. We have Jonathan Morrison. Jonathan, do you still use the TLD moniker that people might know you by? Um, or do you just kind of, I know with your channel, it's been updated to Jonathan Morrison, but sometimes it still says TLD. So I don't know what to call you anymore. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan's cool. I think TLD is there for the throwback feel. The throwback. Yeah. Jonathan's cool. For those who don't know, and I feel like I just recently found this out. What does TLD stand for? Well, I guess if you found out, I think you should explain. Or let me Did get you... your perspective, I guess. Okay, so is maybe now I feel like I might be wrong, but isn't it Tech Fist Lunch and Dinner? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the old, old, old name. And at the time, yeah. it seemed like a very good idea. And, you know, time goes by and it's like, TLD is a little easier. I think, you know, it was a play on breakfast and tech being the most important sure. meal. And I think a lot of people <laughs> end, ended up calling it like tech fast. Um, so uh, rather than explain it every time, it was just like, okay, TLD. And here we are many years later. So um, I think a lot of people do know who you are, but I, I, all of your videos over the last few years, you're actually one of the first like YouTubers. I don't know if you like that moniker that everybody gives you, but uh, that even before I started doing it, that I've like enjoyed watching. Your videos were always so good. So I know you've taken a step back with that um, recently because you've kind of just divulged into what I'm guessing is your other passion, and that's audio and music. And so a lot of today's episode is going to be based around uh, exactly that. We're going to be talking about spatial audio, Dolby Atmos, uh, even some AirPods talk. I know John is still a fan of Apple products, so you use them on a regular basis. But um, why? my first main question is, why the switch now? And um, you know, what are your plans for your content moving forward and what you're actually working on on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I think it was never really like, just disregarding tech videos in general, I think part of it was fueled by the pandemic for me. And I've always loved audio and music, maybe more than video, for sure. And I think a combination of just the world going crazy and the realization of like, man, what is all of this for was kind of enough of a kick in the pants for me to just really push forward. And, you know, life's short, so you got to do the things that make you happy. And I think a combination of that was knowing eventually trusting the step back knowing that when it comes full circle it'll end up feeding the tech in a better way than i could have before so it was definitely a long game move for me more than like an exit from tech do you feel like you get more out of making videos now making slightly fewer of them because you can be a bit more selective about what you're doing i'm guessing yeah i feel like it took me a while just to find you know the inner peace of not trying to jump on every single product in embargo because it gets vicious with the tech cycle and yeah the, yes it does the the pressure of having to make every release and every you know wave of 60 other videos and i think when you can step back and let go of that a little bit at least for me i found i just want to make the videos that i enjoy and not just put it out for the sake of a cycle, I guess. So I think two parts to that answer. I think the videos that I've made, uh, I'm more proud of, but I think at the same time, I do want to make them more frequently. And I think 
it was part of just stepping back so I can find that place. And then now that I think there is a groove, get back to more frequent videos and videos that I want to do that I'm proud of and happy with. So you've produced uh, quite a bit of music over this, like, two-year span that you've started making that switch and everything. Um, some of your content, like the last video or two videos ago, I think you had a pretty cool Hyundai video that was just dropped. But before that one, you did like a studio tour of like your audio setup, and th that was the spatial audio thing that we were talking about earlier. Um, but you also have been just recording music too. So are you kind of transitioning into being an engineer? Is that what you're working on when not making videos? Or Yeah, I don't know. I'm weird in the sense of I have a hard time not turning anything I enjoy or a hobby into what I seem to do. So I think part of music still luckily as of now is something that just helps my brain and makes me feel good with the state of the world and everything. And I think it's, it's inevitable with anything that I want to do that I want to try to do it better. It's a constant cycle of, can I do this? I can't do this. Yeah, crap, I suck. And I think parallel to that, getting a chance to hang out with many, 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 many talented people, especially in the music space, it's motivating to potentially even remotely be on their level or at least in the same room. So I think engineering was not on my to-do list. I think it was just a natural course of wanting to get better at making music and wanting it to sound better and just watching and researching and learning and I think part of my frustration with the tech space is to that note it's never been a better time to make stuff and to learn stuff and anything we want is accessible to where we can learn anything and do anything really so I think a combination of that mentality and just trying to get better every single day kind of behind the scenes was where that pushed music and I guess the engineering part of it I think every time I've watched some of your videos where you've, uh, or just listened to the songs that you've put out, it's made me like, I don't think a lot of people know this, but I went to school and, and wanted to be a music engineer and producer and all that. Um, I could still do it, but probably not as well as, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Um, but it's always just kind of like reignites that passion. So I totally understand where, you know, you were the, you know, the, the top tech guy for a while and then you, you, you kind of start to flirt around with other things and then that natural progression of our personalities just tend to overwhelm and take over. Also, I didn't uh, plan this. None of us did, but we're all wearing very similar shirts. And uh, <laughs> Hartley and I were talking about it right before you came on and I said, what are the odds that John comes out with a shirt that's like, I don't even know, I think yours is probably more gray, but just like looking at all together, it's like the new uniform of the show. I, I had to point it out. I can't, yeah. I keep laughing Actually, about it in my head. Actually, Harley hit me. Harley hit me separately, and it was like half the <laughs> So we were talking about before we actually kicked off the podcast the uh, the spatialized audio um, portion for um, AirPods. So it was a new update for iOS 16 where you can personalize the spatialized um, the spatial audio for it. And I actually haven't had a chance to mess around with it yet, but you have. So would you like to kind of walk us through your thoughts on that? Yes, and I'm I, I want to make a video on this, but. To this date, no one's explained it. And I think there's been a couple general like, oh, I think it's better. I don't know if it is, but I think it's better. But outside of 
So from my gathering, the way it works is it's going to take a you know a depth scan of your head and your ears, and that in one way is going to help with the timing and literally the space of how you perceive the depth of the spatial renders and the music. But the like mind blowing mad part about it is with head tracking up until iOS 16 you could move, you know, left and right and it's if I was talking to you and you were in front of me and if I turn my head this way I'm going to hear you in my right ear and it, that's in general how head tracking kind of gets perceived with spatial audio whether it's music or TV shows or movies but with iOS 16 with the depth sensor and because you're tracking, you know, left to right up and down now the head tracking goes up and down, left to right, in like true 360. So, you know, you're picture the Face ID setup where you're doing the the circular thing. Now the the vocal or the dialogue will stay, you know, in a literal circle, not just left to right, but up and down. And so I think that combined with the depth, it just feels so much better. I think. And I haven't, you know, jumped the gun on iOS 16 on my personal phone yet, but. It's that good where it makes me want to just for the personalized spatial audio. So do you think this is something for audiophiles or is it more just for, well, I was going to say, is it for casual consumers ultimately? Um, would would someone that is not listening to a, a massive amount of music, maybe, maybe you're kind of like me and you appreciate spatial audio and you sometimes turn head tracking on, how, how noticeable do you think that would be? And is it really meant for the average user? I think... It's for the open-minded and for the average user more than the audiophile. I think with spatial audio and even Dolby Atmos, I think there's come with a little bit of closed-mindedness and just reluctancy to, to jump into it. And I think for me, if, if I think it's cool, I'm going to jump headfirst into it. And I think it just gives you kind of a different perspective where whether you have head tracking or not, it, it's extra space and extra room for the music and a different way to do things. And the the wild part is, and I think that's kind of been weirdly, not most important, but trying to get it to translate to big Atmos speakers, but maybe equally to AirPods. And I think that's been my focus the last, I would say, couple months because everybody with an iPhone or, you know, rest in peace, an iPod touch or an iPad, those who grow up with Apple Music and AirPods, it's, it's on by default, right? That was the wildest thing about the Apple Music update, you know, now a year ago was lossless and spatial audio Atmos. They were included for no extra charge. So just like kids are growing up with an iPad and they become accustomed to touch and it's just second nature, Kids are going to grow up with Atmos and Spatial Audio with AirPods. So that's why I'm hyped and, you know, really focusing on trying to make sure things sound good for AirPods too. So you kind of touched on that a lot of people haven't given Spatial Audio a chance. How would you how would you sell it to those people, especially with head tracking now? Would, would this be the, the time to really um, engage with Spatial Audio? And how would you how would you pitch it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just a chance to, do you guys know, you guys have seen the like the stem player, right, for Donda and everything, and I think oh, yeah. in the nutshell of, in a simplistic form, being able to isolate certain things separately and hear, you know, what goes into a track, and I think in a 
in a very similar way with spatial audio, that gives you a chance to kind of dissect things maybe you wouldn't normally have seen. And in stereo, when you're essentially dealing with two tracks, everything is crammed in there and there's a lot less room to kind of dissect what's going on. And with spatial, it, it gives you a chance to, you know, I don't think I'm going to have to sell anybody on, you need to, to do head tracking, right? Like, just try it. And if you like it, great. Um, if not, spatial in general is just going to give you more room and a bigger feel. And I think with head tracking specifically, you know, it allows you to, if you turn your head and now all of a sudden you can hear more of the background vocals or more of the guitar. And it's a chance to, to dissect a song and hear things maybe like you normally wouldn't have. And I think that's usually, whether it's speakers or AirPods, one of my favorite reactions is, oh, I didn't even know that part was in the song. Just because there's so many intricate details and something that sounds simplistic. You know, it, it could be simple and minimal tracks or it could be 50 to 100 plus tracks. And I think that at a very basic level just gives you the freedom to explore would probably be my simplest way to of why you'd want to check it out. I think it's also important to note that like this is huge for engineers and producers who come up with these in intricate parts that don't often get heard because everything in modern music is so compressed and it's just hard, you know, and it depends on what uh, device you're listening it back on that you might not notice that little part, like you said. And then when you have this availability to be able to do that and figure it, I think it makes you appreciate the music so much more and appreciate the work that's gone into it, not just from the musicians, but just from the people that work with them, produce the music, engineer it, mix it, master it, all of that. Yeah, and I, and I think as we get into that inevitable world of AR, right, that's a huge role into that. And I think... I've found myself, you know, and I think from my perspective, I'm going to keep an open mind because I do appreciate stereo or wired headphones. And but sometimes I get used to spatial audio and the head tracking where if I'm out walking and then it feels like it's interacting with just reality in the world to where, like I said, you turn your head. Now, all of a sudden, that person moves as if it were in front of you. And I think it's a very realistic, you know. AR type of interaction. I think to me, if I was encouraging someone to give spatial audio a chance, the one thing I would kind of warn people about is that at least my experience of it is very variable based on how uh, that track has been mastered and engineered because I, I can tell, and, I, and I'm not an audiophile, I don't listen to an extraordinary amount of music, but I can always tell when there's a good track in spatial audio and one that has been made. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't understand. I don't know if it's, I don't want to say it's made lazily, but definitely not made with the same uh, level of um, skill that some tracks are, are mastered in for spatial audio. So I would say if you're not feeling it with one song or one album, um, maybe try something from somewhere else. Um, and I think the second thing I would add to that is I think it kind of depends on your device as well, um, because uh, I don't know who would be maybe choosing a single HomePod to be trying Dolby Atmos for the first time, um, but definitely you kind of you kind of need maybe AirPods Pro or AirPods Max, best of all, to really get a sense of that enveloping sound. Um, I think that probably makes a little bit of a difference as well. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of bad mixes out there. I think it's a combination of, you know, people sadly not mixing 
on proper setups. And I think a lot of people just kind of jumped on the wave of Apple unleashed this. And it, it was very much like, holy crap, you know, we got, we got to get these mass amount of catalogs and songs out there. And I think part of the reason I'm excited is not just to mix in, in Spatial or Atmos, but to create a song for it. And I think when you have that in mind, that's where it gets fun. Um, but my kind of the thing that I've been doing lately is I'll use AirPods 3 as my reference for mixing in spatial. And if it smacks on AirPods 3, it's going to smack on Pros and Macs. So if I can get it to sound good um, there, that's been a fun way to get it to translate to AirPods and to speakers. Yeah, that's one of the first things you, you kind of learn when you, when you start to do this is always kind of cater to that lowest common denominator in terms of what people are using, you know, those tiny desktop speakers, headphones like these. And if you can get it to sound good there, I mean, there's no reason why it wouldn't sound great on your, your Genelac speakers that you got going on over there, which yeah. I'm incredibly jealous of, and I'm mad that I missed it still. I just keep getting reminded. Sorry, man. Next time. <laughs> All right, here's the, uh, here's the Apple test right now. I'm sure... You guys have multiple, is there another device and another pair of AirPods you guys can take turns on right now? Yeah. All right. I mean, so I've some, got it, yeah. All right, cool. So we'll take turns. We'll have Hartley do a song. We can chat. He can listen. And then we'll swap it. And then I'll, I'll give you guys a couple spatial demos while we're here. Okay. Okay. Okay, so we'll do two. You don't have to do the full song, so we're not here for eight days. But if you do... <laughs> at, Asher Postman, and it's his most recent release. That one I feel like translates really cool to AirPods and to speakers. Is it this one? Yeah. So if you press that, play it, and then just make sure Atmos and head tracking is on. He's moving his head. So you know what? While, while they're doing this, one of our questions, you know, we might know this or maybe not, but... For those who are listening who don't know a whole lot about spatial audio and and Dolby Atmos and the dynamic head tracking, like we, I kind of wanted the whole like the whole point of this was to simplify things. So like obviously dynamic head tracking, it's kind of in the name, but if you can give a little bit more of a robust like answer into why that's a big deal and why people would want to use it and what's so cool about it, yeah, it just feels like real life, I guess, in the sense of like I said, in, in the simplest form, if you're talking to me and you're in front of me and I turn my head to the left, you're now gonna you know, come into my right ear. And the same thing would happen at a concert, right? If you turn, y your perception of the song and the audio changes depending on how your head moves. So I think at, at a very simple form, it kind of interacts as it would in real life. And it, it gives you a little bit more of an intimate type thing. And you know, it, it might not be for everybody in terms of just the, the head tracking, I can see where it would be a little off-putting if you're just like completely not used to it. I think for me, I, I, I've really grown to enjoy it. And I think head tracking or not, just in general, spatial audio gives you more space and a little more intimate experience with the song. I find myself often forgetting about it being on sometimes. And like you're, you're sitting there, you're listening, you turn and you're like, whoa, like it hits you. Yeah. And if you've never experienced it before, or even if you just don't do it all that often, when it hits you, you're like, oh, I was not expecting that to happen. One of my favorite things to do is to turn around completely and pretend like I'm on stage because, I mean, that's what I used to do about 10 years ago. I was in a band, toured, we did a bunch of shows, like it was fun. 
And it kind of gives me, it's not the same, but it kind of gives you that feeling that you're like back on stage playing again. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Ima- imagine that in an AR world or a kind of video based thing. Would, that would be cool. Hartley, how's it going? So I've, I finished the song. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was it was good. It, you could tell it was it was done it was done well because you could hear the sound rushing from behind. That was the main thing that that stood out to me at least. I don't know if that's if that's if that's right, but you you can you can definitely draw more out of um, the 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 different placement of different sounds. Yeah, yeah, it's it's space at this point, and I think the goal is to make it sound, you know, not drastically completely different and i think get it to sound how the song is supposed to sound but then just enhance things and add more space is the probably the biggest thing is it my turn does he have another one yeah we could do you i'll, I'll give you a different song speaking of you okay. liking to jump on stage oh if no you, <laughs> if you do uh julia wolf hot killer that oh. one when you when you turn your head uh, you'll get an isolated feel of whispering behind you. Oh, all right. You guys talk amongst yourselves while I do this. Three, two, one. He is off to the races. What I wanted to ask you about was uh, the spatialized audio feature, because it's kind of this artificial way of creating that spatial feel and head tracking, but. It doesn't do it for me. I often find that that's the time when I'm turning uh, spatial audio off. But what, what do you think about that? Is it is it something you use or? In reference to where it's spatializing stereo? Is that what you're yes. asking? Yeah, I don't love that. I, From what I understand, it's better with the the personalized spatial audio, but I don't, I don't love, I don't love it, you know? I think the, the beauty of spatial and Atmos is if you're creating and making it for that, you know, it's going to shine. But if you're taking something that's not made for it or just trying to do it, then it's not going to be as immersive or as fun. So personally, I would, if it's meant to be stereo, I'm going to listen to it in stereo. And if it's in spatial audio or at most, then I'll take advantage of that. So you are not wrong to feel that so weird. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if that's why some people were kind of a little bit down on spatial audio. If they if they're listening to stereo tracks that are spatialized like that, I kind of wish Apple wouldn't have wouldn't have said that it's like an automated thing that they can just do to a stereo song. Because to me, it kind of it draws the sound stage out, so it makes me feel like um, it's just it feels a little bit echoey and just further away. Which uh, when you when you're listening to something that is actually in stereo, it's so much warmer when it's actually being played in left and right channels. Uh, worse worse is when it's like on a podcast or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the spatialized stereo part. If it's, you know, if it's in stereo, I'll enjoy it in stereo. And then the beauty is, is when it's made for it and made for it well, that that's when it's fun. How was your song, Dan? Uh, fantastic. So, it, it, there's a huge difference when songs are catered towards this versus like what we said earlier when you know there's an old catalog of music that's popular that people listen to uh, that record labels are just immediately trying to get and pump out quickly. And so they're maybe not taking the time to, to really, I mean that the bass is thumping in that song. I mean, it's going hard and usually it might get, you know, it might muddy out some of the, some of the other higher frequencies, some of the other instruments that don't tend to go towards the mids and the lows there. But like with this, 
the way it's produced, the way it sounds, everything's great. And then when you're moving around, it just kind of feels like it's just all encompassing. It's just following you around. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's cool. I tried to show the, this camera is really good at getting my face and nothing but my face. But John, would you like to drop that name of the song again? And so everyone can find out. Yeah. Hot, hot killer, Julia Wolf. That one was a shock to me at least because, you know, part of, part of this whole Atmos and spatial audio journey, uh, like, like I talked about in the video, I don't think I intended on mixing it myself necessarily. I, I knew I wanted to make things and make songs and get it in that format eventually. Um, and I think part of just doing it a lot led to it. But that was on the best pop spatial playlist, which was a shock to me. There you and go. so it's just, it's been fun to tune it for AirPods. And I think. You know, more than anything, I've even heard really incredible mixes on speakers and Atmos that aren't necessarily as exciting in AirPods. So I'm super excited at that notion because, you know, anybody in Logic who's doing Atmos and spatial mixing, they have a huge advantage of the AirPods Apple renderer because before, you know, you were kind of using Dolby's renderer to try to get to translate to binaural headphones and you didn't really know what it was going to sound like on apple music you were kind of just finish it you could reference it and pray to the tech gods that once it hit apple music that it was going to translate and i think this gives you instant you know feedback and in a way to to reference how it's going to sound on apple music and i think once i implemented that into the workflow that's when a lot of things changed in a really good way I think it makes me really sad that I'm still a Spotify user, to be honest with you. No, I mean, Spotify, <laughs> look, there is no perfect streaming app. They all have their flaws. Apple Music, I love yeah. for lossless and for spatial. You know, the, the UI and the algorithm still drives me crazy. Spotify, to me, still, uh, I don't know what they're doing on their algorithm, but I've discovered it's in found more Wild. music on Spotify than any other thing. That's the one thing I don't think I can let go of. That, and because I think I've made this brag before, but I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm pretty sure I was like day one Spotify US member uh, because like day one, like 2009, I've had an account when it first oh, wow. launched in the US. Um, because again, I was in I was in college at the time for uh, audio production. One of our music theory business classes was like, you know, there's going to be something coming to the world. Right now it's in the UK and it's in Europe and it's just going to be, it's going to change the way we listen to music forever and, and you're never going to be buying albums like this again. And I was like, meh, I don't know about that. Like, we're still doing it. We're still buying things on iTunes. I'm still going out and buying CDs and ripping them to your iPod. But yeah, sure enough, Spotify launched and it really did change everything. Um, and then Apple obviously was right behind it. Um, but yeah, it just makes me sad that like I don't get these features yet. I know they're supposed to come out with a hi-fi thing at some point. Obviously, I don't know if that's going to have anything to do with spatial audio and whatever, but the, the sound quality is definitely a lot less favorable in Spotify. But it's so hard to give up those playlists. They're so good. I have, I have a subscription to both of them, so I mean, it is what it is. But I have subscriptions to Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal, so don't feel bad. I go back and forth with Tidal sometimes, too. <laughs> Title titles quality is great. Their mixes are phenomenal. I don't know about their their UI and their search sucks. Again, there's I just wish I could take the greatest elements of each and have one master to rule them all. 
Okay, so wait, before we get back into the, the spatial audio topic, um, what's with everybody's, I don't use it all that often, so I don't know, what's with everybody's beef on the UI for Apple Music? I, I don't know, it just, it feels clunky <laughs> to me. Okay, it's not like yeah, a visual a thing, because I like the way it looks. Oh, visually, visually, it looks the best. Like their lyrics. Like I think it weighs way better than Spotify. Yeah, their their lyrics, their artwork, even the iOS 16 lock screen music player stuff. It looks visually beautiful. It's just in terms of navigating. And then there's weird bugs okay. where like you go back into the app, even if you didn't force quit it, and the song that you were playing isn't there. It, it's just it's just clunky in in the weirdest way. Yeah. And it's missing functionality that you would expect to be there, like the ability to, um, you know, sort playlists in folders or put playlists that you add uh, that are curated by Apple Music. Um, if you add like fifty of those, you can't sort them. You can't put them in folders. So you you may if, if you're like me and you like to add loads of playlists to your library, you have to scroll through like a hundred playlists to get to the one you want every single time, unless you use Siri, which I, I'm I'm not going to do every time. So it, the, the Mac app is also poor. I think it's it's kind of weird when you add something to your library. It seems to buffer for every single song you add, like five seconds of buffering, or it, it fails for some reason. Um, and I think the the music is now a, a catalyst app for the Mac. I don't know about that one hundred percent, but it's built on the same technology. But it just seems so much more sluggish, and the Spotify app is so much slicker for Mac, and at least in my experience. I just I don't know. I think on Spotify, it's like. Whenever I add a song or like like a song per se uh, on you know you use the little heart button, I don't know if they've changed this. I think one of my biggest gripes was that it doesn't add that artist to like your artist section, and that like that's the reason why I've I've always kind of wanted to go to Apple Music and stay there. Also, it, there's no um, app for my car, which that's kind of a big thing. Um, having a built-in app, not having to rely on your phone, is huge. But once that happens, then it's a different story. But I I just think that. So there's certain, yeah, like you said, I would love to add in all of the, the the best parts of each app into just one mega service, but that's obviously never going to happen. Um, but uh, so I don't know if you guys talked about this while I was rocking out to music here, but were you guys talking about how you know it's great for AirPods and high quality headphones, but what about some of the you know, single speakers with spatial audio, like your studio display using a MacBook Air, an iMac, the built-in speakers for that. How's been, how has your experience been with spatial audio um, on those machines? The 14-inch and the 16-inch MacBook Pro, I think, are surprisingly good with spatial as well. Some of the stuff feels like it's jumping outside of the MacBook, which is wild. And again, I think it comes down to ultimately how the song, you know, was was mixed for it. But it's it's kind of shocking how good it is on, you know, the the products with good speakers. It's probably less noticeable on a, on a MacBook Air. The the studio display, it's you know, the speakers are very very good. I think in that environment, I'm on real speakers anyway, so it's hard to make you know that assessment. But I would say, specifically the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro, which have phenomenal speakers, it's pretty fun there, and that also gets back to the, the logic renderer where, you know, you can use it to, to hear how it translates to AirPods, but also how it's going to translate to speakers with spatial. So, you know, in, in logic, in the session, you can reference what it's going to sound like on 16 and 14 inch MacBook speakers in Apple Music, which is cool. Where do you think that spatial audio 
kind of goes next? Do you think Apple kind of thinks that their implementation of it is done or is there, is there more that they could be doing? I mean, I, you know, I think they're putting it everywhere, like everything they do now, the fact that it's on by default, the fact that all their keynotes are in Atmos, the fact that, you know, they included it into Logic for free. The Dolby renderer by itself is like 300 bucks and, you know, Logic Pro is 199. So I, I think, I think there's plenty down the road that I don't think we even know yet. I think iOS 16, getting back to the personalized spatial audio, I think that's a good sign to see that it's getting better and going to continue to improve. So I think, you know, I, th I think we're in the early infancy stages now, and I think it's only going to continue to get better and more fun. You know, I've, I, I do have a theory that I think we get to a place where things like AirPods have multiple drivers and things that translate better to where you have height drivers and a pair of AirPods. And I think, you know, there's always the argument of, multiple drivers in ear, in ear monitors and not translating well. But I think what everyone forgets, including the audio files, is Apple is very good at their computational audio. And it's a blend of the hardware and, you know, the software and everything kind of working together. And ultimately that started at HomePod and made its way into AirPods, MacBook speakers, you know, part of the whole Beats thing. I mean, the new Beats Fit Pro uh, are actually very, very good with spatial audio. So I think we're just kind of tipping the iceberg in terms of spatial and where it's headed. I think that if Apple was to kind of make another push for spatial audio, kind of like when they when they first launched it um, a year ago, there was there was a lot of interest around it. And I, I think if they were to put uh, a new set of features in place for spatial audio, um, to kind of put the feature front and center again, um, I think that would really help. You know, for me, um, I always prefer to add a song uh, to spatial audio in my library. But when you're looking at a lot of older artists where there's a lot of different versions of songs and compilations and albums, only some of them are spatial. So the fact that I have to try so hard to find that song and then some of them are fragmented across uh, different albums, it gets kind of messy. And maybe this is just an Apple Music problem. But in line with those UI updates, I'd love to be able to kind of tap through to, you know, select only spatial audio songs from a certain artist. Um, I think that those kind of software features for navigation um, and actually improving the app itself, even on, you know, uh, things like Apple Watch as well. Um, I think there's there's room to kind of push uh, things a little further. Oh, 100%. They need to make it easier to navigate, easier to, like, I think, you know, something as simple as toggling spatial on and off you know, in uh, right in the app, like they finally gave us for the iOS camera, right? Like we couldn't change frame rate within the camera app for essentially forever. And I, yeah. and I think simple, simplifying it to where people can hear it on or off. And like you said, finding, finding things easier and avoiding the confusion, I think is going to help make it less scary because, you know, it's, it's hard to roll out a mass thing like that and not kind of get interrupted by a lot of the the crappy stuff because I, th I think that was probably its biggest enemy was as cool as it was when it came out everyone in the music space just kind of like flooded it with subpar stuff and I think you know if you get a bad taste of it then you're not going to want to give it a shot but it, it's getting better it's becoming you know 
a huge part of the music space and it, it's becoming more accessible, which I think is going to be fun. And people who have an open mind and kind of grow up with it are going to make wild stuff. I'm just thinking, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this, but what is Apple Digital Master? Is that a criteria that they have for um, songs that meet a certain standard? Because if so, that would kind of make sense for me for spatial audio, that it would be uh, like spa Apple Music Spatial Master, that it, it meets a certain uh, spatial audio standard. Yeah, so from what I understand, you just have to have you know, the credentials, like the, whether the mix engineer or the mastering engineer has to be certified. The house essentially has to be certified by Apple to their spec. And I think if you have something that is mixed or mastered by someone who is certified, that's how you get that fancy stamp. So that's, that's next on the list. Got the Atmos, got the high res, need the uh, Apple digital master stamp. What's the process like for that? Do you know? I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I would assume, you know, there is some form to, to, or some path to get there. I just personally have not found that out or do, do not know. I think that's a really good overview. Is there anything else you want to add about spatial audio and Dolby Atmos before we get into a couple of the products that uh, might be coming down the road that can improve on this? Yeah, not really. I think just give it a chance and, you know, I think back to how what we talked about is, you know, be open-minded and then if you don't have a great experience, you know, there, there are really good mixes out there and really good experiences. So don't get turned off by like one bad thing. I'm going to try to drop the links to some recommendations or John, do you have a playlist uh, with your stuff that you've done that I can drop in the description? If not, maybe you can throw, okay, perfect. Okay. So I will get that link from John. I will put it in the description. If I forget, just yell at me in the comments or tweet me or whatever, and I will put it in there. Um, but that way you can check out, you know, some really good examples and also stuff that John's worked on and just, you know, fantastic artists that he's worked with. But quickly moving on to AirPods, because we've spent this time listening to uh, these examples with AirPods. It's a very popular product. Um, obviously, at some point in life, Apple will eventually, uh, after a thousand days of not updating the AirPods Pro, will eventually get another pair here. Um, and so... What are you hoping for with AirPods Pro 2 and AirPods Max 2? Like that can kind of build on the audio world for you. Yeah, I mean, I think AirPods is the one thing where as much as I love Mac and especially like the, the new MacBook, AirPods is kind of that one thing where it almost felt life-changing like the iPhone or like you mentioned Spotify because it's something I use every single day. And again, like I, I do enjoy proper speakers and wired headphones, but there's just something about... You know, the combination of very good sound with convenience and just I have it in my pocket every single time. And, you know, to have music at will is wild and, you know, always takes me back to the days of having to fit a certain amount of songs on a CD and being limited by that and wires. And so, you know, AirPods for me is... I don't know if I would say they're perfect, but they're pretty damn close as is, you know, like they could really never update them again. And I would probably be happy with them. But with AirPods Pro, you know, I've heard the rumors of, you know, a, a lossless format. So potentially something that's going to work with the high res losses or just a better sound quality would be nice. I think, you know, the idea for me of better spatial audio, whether that's different drivers 
and that's exciting. So AirPods Pro really, if there's some sort of lossless or lossless codec, that's all I could ever ask for. I think in a dream scenario, getting back to AirPods Max, if there's one product that has potential to really be that game changer, it's AirPods Max, right? Because it's, it's bigger, they have more room to work with, they throw dual chips in there, all the you know billions of microphones. And I think that the dream scenario for me is that that's the product with multiple drivers and height and surround drivers. And that kind of becomes the computational lossless spatial audio powerhouse. Do you think you could ever, uh, maybe you do this already, but do you think you could ever fully replace like, I, I know audiophiles who are going to be in the comments being like, it's not as good as having a, you know, separate DAC and plugging it in and wired. And, and I'm like, you know what? I think even for me who I don't think my ears are, I would never call myself an audiophile, but like my ears are trained a little bit enough to be able to point things out and to, to kind of pick things to where, you know, you can maybe more than an average listener. I think AirPods Max are, are honestly perfect for most of us. And I think they sound great. And I think most people wouldn't really notice that huge of a difference. So do you think that they could ever become your full-on go-to mixing, mastering pair of headphones? Um, I know it's over Bluetooth and, and, and stuff like that, so it, it's not ideal, but... Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, going back to the whole spatial stuff, is AirPods have become my headphone reference for, for that. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm not really using wired headphones to, to reference headphones for, for Atmos mixes. It's speakers and AirPods, and that is over Bluetooth and with head tracking. And whatever they're doing there, you know, whatever witchcraft they're doing to, to be able to do head tracking in real time over Bluetooth and to make adjustments and tweaks and have them happen in real time is wild as it is. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, you know, if I, if I had to, I would probably give up my wired headphones. Like if you, if you had a gun to me and made me choose, like <laughs> you, you can only use wired headphones or you can only use AirPods for the rest of your life. I would probably pick AirPods not you know, even a not even a thought would go by. No, yeah, because it's it's yeah. it sounds very very good, and as they continue to make it sound better, you know, as, as the sound quality increases, the convenience is already there, and it becomes less of an issue for me to to need that. Because, I mean, even the idea of plugging stuff in gets kind of wild and cumbersome, and you know, just the freedom of AirPods, I think, for me is enough and. I think AirPods 3 actually was a little bit of an insight for me of where they could go because I, I personally think AirPods 3 sound better than Pros in terms of what they're doing with the drivers and everything. The, the bass feels a little, the sub bass especially is a little lower for me and a little more pleasing. I think where it gets lost is you don't have the isolation that the Pros give you. So there's like a perceived sound quality increase, just having everything closed off and then the noise cancellation, whereas you definitely have leak with the threes. But just the improvements that they made on the threes in terms of audio quality, that got me excited for pros and the next generation of AirPods. And of course, if Apple is moving away from Bluetooth now, which looks like what they're effectively doing in the long term, it does really open up the potential for more serious wireless production um, workflows. 
Um, I mean, it's still really an open question exactly how they're going to do this. Are they going to stream directly to AirPods? Is it going to be almost like a form of AirPlay with some kind of local network it's operating over? But they've they've got to find a way to increase the bandwidth to be able to um, not only be able to play lossless files, but I'm guessing if they're positioning the AirPods Max to be more of of a studio option, to be able to play a range of different formats that you, you just can't play over Bluetooth. Yeah, I think uh, my wise friend Farouk, uh, iPhone Doe, he, one of my this favorite- This is the second time he's been mentioned in two weeks. Justine mentioned him earlier. I think we got to have him on at some point here too. Oh, but. The, yeah, the dude is a legend. Um, <laughs> but he, one of, one of his quotes always sticks with me is like, there, you know, there was a lot of very smart people that worked on this, much smarter than I or anyone else for that matter. So I think- you know, the notion of like a lot of the times with Apple specifically, it's coming. It's a matter of if, uh, you know, when, not if. So I think, you know, we've kind of seen that sequence of, you know, just with the AirPods Max and everyone said losses wasn't going to be a thing. And the fact that it's a realistic rumor at this point, you know, they do so much in terms of the computational stuff that we take for granted, whether it's, you know, Apple TV to a HomePod or, you know, airplane something from the phone to a TV in Dolby Vision, and then whatever math they're doing to not get latency or to get lag, you know, it, it's truly wild when you sit back and think about it. And I think, you know, whatever form of that lossless codec is, you know, I think is coming much sooner than later. What would your dream AirPods be, Dan? Like, what My would your dream, dream AirPods? Be? Oh, yeah, man. your dream features. Honestly, so for the, I don't know, for the pros, I, I I don't know. I just think they're so good already. Like, I don't know what else we could really do. Obviously, I'll take the lossless support, even though I can't, I mean, I can use it, but I don't use it to my fullest extent yeah, right I, now. I can't being, hear the difference personally, but I would turn that feature on if it was available. Well, sure. And I might be able to tell the difference maybe a little bit, but like I'm using Spotify, so I don't know that that's going to really work right now. And um so, I mean, I don't know. I just keep improving the sound quality where you can, but they're already really good. Like, I, I don't know. I, have you guys ever picked up your AirPods? And maybe John has because, you know, you're in this specific world. But, like, have you ever been like, man, this sounds terrible? Like, it's it doesn't happen. No, I love AirPods. I love yeah. I love AirPods. I mean, obviously, the, the, the Maxes, which, you know, here. Um, obviously, these are incredible to me. I, I don't use them as much as I, you know, I, I wish I would because – these are just so much easier to pick up and put in your ears and on the go. And they're a little bit lighter weight, but like those sound incredible to me too. I guess some, some color options along with those other improvements for lossless and everything. Maybe, maybe a, an orange pair, maybe a, a different blue pair. I, I have no idea. I think, colors. I think I'm set. So colors would be nice and maybe better battery life on the pros. I, I will say, okay. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I got all caught up in the sound quality. I didn't talk about <laughs> the, my least favorite thing. We need to change this case. We need to get rid of the bra. Am I the only one? No. I, I feel like <laughs> okay. that. I mean, in terms of the dumb things Apple has done over the years, the AirPods Max case is truly one of the dumbest. I think while you were talking about earlier, uh, like, you know, how. Apple has a lot of smart people that work there and, and, you know, way smarter than us. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, they don't ever really make a truly bad 
decision or product. And then I started to think about the case, the Magic Mouse charging. You know, there are a couple of things. They're not perfect. But oh, I think no. in the defense of AirPods Max, I think it's because it was kind of never intended to be that way. With AirPods Max development, I think a lot went wrong and a lot got delayed. And eventually they thought, let's just ship it. And that was a fairly hastily made decision, as far as as far as we know from the rumors. At least, I also think they were which is trying what makes to do... the second version a bit more interesting. Right. I also think they were trying to do the whole like fashiony thing, and like this is a accessory that looks nice, and like it doesn't. Well, they were trying to give it the feel of of AirPods putting in a case. They thought that's what made AirPods AirPods. So Ugh. the big ones had to do that too, but. No. Uh, it, it's it's uh it's just not hard wearing enough for me. That's the biggest issue. It just feels way too flimsy. Fun fact that that got me that actually got me back to uh, it's a it's a very valid point about you know product release cycles and trying to hit that deadline. That always reminds me of Final Cut and you know the horror stories <laughs> when, when that dropped. But that actually the whole reason behind that is uh, Steve Jobs wanted it out at a certain point, and I think there's a there's a story of the Final Cut team being like this isn't ready. And there are features that aren't here, features that eventually got them reamed. And so when they dropped Final Cut Pro 10 at the time, that was one of those examples where it's like, you know, it was, is it ready? No, but we have to get it out because Steve Jobs wants it out. And, you know, very much to that point, like I, at the same time, I think we, we take for granted at how much goes into a product and to try to get it out in a timely manner in terms of, how many years and products ahead they are. So I think you're probably very much right in the sense of there was a lot that didn't go right and they ultimately had to be like, okay, let's get this out. And although it can put a lot of pressure on things like uh, maybe the maybe the charging case in this instance, well, I say charging case, with the smart case, it's not even a charging case. Nope. Um, but apparently one of the things that kind of came uh, at a later date in that process was uh, the digital crown, because apparently it was supposed to have um, touch sensitive surfaces on both of the ear cups. And eventually, you know, maybe they, maybe that just wasn't working out and they thought they're going to just put a digital crown on there instead. And I think that is great. It's one of the, the main reasons I would go to use my AirPods Max, because I love the ability to change uh, volume and skip tracks. I find it way better than the force sensors. I would love if on... Uh, no, I've got AirPods 3 in. I would love it if they put a tiny little digital crown on there. <laughs> you would look ridiculous with that on. This little like just, just give me, just give me one, and I think it would be. I think it would be good. Well, you maybe you can make like the bottom. You know, this little silver yeah, part here. Yeah. You can make that like a little twisty. That might be kind of hard though. I don't know. Um, I think the digital crown is an underrated feature on AirPods Max. I guess there is something else with the AirPods Pro that I didn't. I, I mean, it's not my wish list, but like we had Sam. Uh, on you know i update same call so i mean we, we had him on and we talked about how airpods could potentially be like a, a health you know centric device as well and that actually after hearing that i i do want that i want those to be those features like i don't know if it's true or possible but being able to read your temperature um and get your heart rate and everything like that based off of you know your airpods would be significant and it goes beyond them just being an audio device so yeah, I mean, most of the stuff Apple does, it eventually makes its way into your life, you know, and as cliche as it sounds of a lifestyle piece of tech, I think, and in a lot of ways, it's true. And I think, you know, whether it's iPhone or AirPods, you know, it's more than what it is at the surface level. 
I guess if it's a bit like we're saying that if AirPods have really nailed the the music listening experience, health and fitness is kind of where AirPods goes next. It's the next layer of functionality that makes sense for them to build on top. Not least because you know AirPods um, have obviously accelerometers in to facilitate head tracking. Um, there's rumors about those being a little bit bolstered for the next generation. So maybe we're going to just see this start creeping in uh, over the next couple of iterations until it, it becomes something so associated with uh, health as much as it does for um, uh, as much as the Apple Watch does, especially since with things like um, uh, notifications uh, announced through AirPods, Apple's wanting you to wear these things basically all day. So it makes sense for that to be a, 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 an outlet for health features. Okay, one last thing, and then we'll let John go. Appreciate your time, but uh, we could talk about this all day. And I, I don't think I think you got stuff to do. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, you know Apple Music, the app, um, and how you guys don't primarily like the UI and the way it runs a little bit. Uh, what would be some of your like wish list features and things that you'd want changed? And also, what are your thoughts on Apple Music, well, Apple Classical, which was, I guess, we thought was going to come in iOS 16, but we've yet to see it. So maybe in a future version of that, maybe 16.1 or something, we might see it. So what are your thoughts on all of that? At the very least, if it was less buggy, that's all I would want at this point. You know, like, number one, if I'm on a song or something specific, like when I go back to the app, please you know, for the love of God, let that song be there. And I don't want to have to go find it and search again. You know, I think, like like he said, better playlist organization options. And I, I'm not asking for a lot, you know, just, you know, don't, don't completely suck all the time. Does the new, uh, wasn't there just an update on iOS 16 that allows you to sort differently with the playlists? It might, I think. Inside my, playlists. Okay, yeah. But not my, the playlists themselves. Got it. So, One of these all right. days. Well, then what about, what about Apple Classical? Are you a big classical music guy? <laughs> uh, I'm not, like, opposed to it. I think, you know, it, it sounds cool. Um, I'm welcome to it, but it's not going to, like, change my life. I just my, hope it does. I just hope it means we're not going to get two buggy Apple Music apps on the go. I just hope that when they've when they've done this classical uh, app, that they can you know spend a little bit more time refining that experience for the main app because it could be so much better. There are, there are people that want to move over from Spotify. Um, that's just waiting to happen. I think I'm still going to need to be convinced on why we need two separate apps. I know that there are different things that the classical community wants with their, but like, couldn't they just? separate the frameworks within the app and just make it a whole separate tab in its own section, but like not have to make us go to another app if you wanted to listen to something or like search the database. I know they wanted to separate it. That has to be possible within the Apple Music app, but I guess it might just be easier to make too. I don't know. I think it's just because there's so much extra metadata that they want to provide ways to sort that. But then my answer would be make Apple Music itself better at passing yeah. that metadata sure so <laughs> i guess we'll see all right well john anything else you'd like to add no nah, just uh come over whenever you can and we'll we'll do this in person all right i will uh i will I'll need to make that happen asap also it's just way nicer out in la in terms of weather and everything so i don't mind going back my wife and kids might not be happy but i'll go back for a little bit Sick. Well, uh, you are welcome. Same to you. And I appreciate you guys having me on. 
Yeah, if there, um, you know, no, I think people you. know where to find you, but would you like to drop your uh, your socials and everything for those who've made it this far? Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're in, in the description, TLD today. You don't need to check me out. You guys can go check out a Mac Rumors article and uh, call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> John, thank That's you so much for joining us, man. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Truly appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. 